Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. And today is actually part two of a two-part episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode uh, about not being able to break, even though you're on spring break, definitely go back and listen to that. I don't know if it matters the order, if you listen to it before or after. And if you only listen to this one, that's okay too. Uh, But it could give a little more context of where we're coming from and set up this episode for you. We were on spring break in Utah, and obviously I was uh, mentally not present uh, because of what I was wrestling with. And kind of finally came to the realization that you can't outgrow your problems and what that meant for DBA, me, uh, the rest of the team and certain team members uh, upon our return. Yeah. And so one big takeaway from our time away from the office and it not being exactly what we expected um, was definitely that we as an organization and as leaders of an organization need to make decisions quicker. And so that is not an easy thing for me. And likely I hold you back most of the time because I just don't like change, even for for good or for bad. I really don't love change at all, but sacrificing time living in, you know, a time period of like unrest and not at peace, knowing that so many lives are impacted as a business owner, you are impacting the lives, not only of your family, um, but of all of your team members, their families, clients, potentially their families. And so it just kind of trickles down. So it's important. And I think it's a big lesson that we will, we have learned um, and that we will hold on to going forward. I think it's not, it's not making decisions to ask because I granted I, I do that. I think it's making hard decisions to ask and um, sticking to a plan and what that means and somebody, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with people and what that means and how, uh, we value people, every one of them. And, uh, you know, that's just where as leaders, me as a leader, um, we just, we didn't give good feedback, didn't give good communication early enough, um, for people to maybe make some adjustments or, identify that someone wasn't a right fit for, um, something, you know, whether it's a role or the team in general. Um, and we just, we just kept buying time. Um, we kept thinking that it would be, that it would get better next month will be better. Next quarter will be better. Um, with more sales, they'll have a role. Um, and I think that's the piece that we were kind of fooling ourselves, um, into, and it's just no, like, so much time has passed and we keep telling ourselves these lies, um, that we have to, you know, deal with the the consequences of making a bad hire or, um, making a hire for, for a role we don't have. Like, 
and making it making it not fit uh, the overall plan of the business. And so, um, you know, with with growth aspirations and things like that, and especially the way that our um, our uh, industry, like the accounting industry, with the lack of qualified personnel, is um, we would always take a chance on a person, um, and that that was something we were very proud of. Uh, the other thing we we know and realize, but still keep fooling ourselves into thinking, is that we can train someone to success. I, I think we can to a certain point, a very minimal point, um, but the person has to bring it. They have to bring the knowledge, the skills, the expertise. We have never been, never probably will be a training organization. Um, that's just my, my management style or lack thereof. I throw you in the deep end and say, all right, let's see you swim. Um, so, um, there are other people on the team that are much better, uh, than I am. So I'm glad to be surrounding myself with better people that fill in my gaps. But I think those are the two things that we kind of had to realize. Um, and when you're dealing with people, it's making sure that you treat them in the way that you would want to be treated. And while they're never easy conversations, we know that there's something better on the other side uh, for somebody, even if it's not with our organization. Yeah. So let's give a little bit uh, more detail on those making decisions quicker or even making hard decisions quicker. Um, I think it has been just our leadership style for the leaders, all the leaders in the organization to take extreme ownership of whatever's happening, good or bad within the organization, but just take extreme ownership of what can we do better? What can we do differently? And so instead of recognizing some signs that either a person or a role. So not necessarily a person. Um, we have had that experience where the person is not a great fit within our organization, but we've also tried out new roles for the organization and realized that those are not um, a good fit. And so really for us, it's like doing everything in our power to make it work, how can we make this role successful or how can we make this person successful? And when you start looking at that, really, there's always something you can do better. And so for us, what we would do is look at, okay, we need to put some certain things in place and do things better so that these people can be successful or that this role can stay and can be uh, supported within the business and help the business get better. And so um, I think that that's kind of one area that we had to look at of sometimes it isn't the leader or the organization's responsibility anymore. They have exhausted their resources or being confident in that the processes and the resources that you have in place are good enough for the right person in the right role for the organization. Yeah. And I think you go back to, to Jim Collins and, uh, the right people on the bus and are they in the right seat? Um, the, the problem is, where we were wrestling with this, where I was wrestling with it over spring break is every one of our people are the right people for the bus. 
It's just unfortunate that our bus wasn't bigger. Um, it didn't have more seats on it. And we've intentionally made that bus small because we want it to be a high touch, high customer service uh, place. And as part of that, you really can't hide. And um, if you're not clearly designed for a role on the bus and so strong, um, that sticks out. And, and, it, and it's not fair to that person, it's not fair to the rest of the team. And as leaders, we were just slow to respond because I, I and the rest of the leadership probably avoid con uh, conflict at any point. And so um, we had to view DBA as a client. And what would I tell a client to do in this situation to preserve um, capital, preserve trust with um, the remaining team, with the client base, and even build a stronger team, build stronger client service, um, and additional opportunities for growth for the remaining team and future team members. So uh, a lot of that was um, goes back to just not able to make the hard decisions faster. And we see that with clients. And I, I talk through that with clients all the time. Their biggest expense is going to be their personnel. And if, if they aren't able to make timely decisions on team members, there's no getting back that salary. There's no return on investment. Um, there may be a return on investment later on in that person's life, but it's not for the organization. So um, th that's what we were wrestling with. So now I think we're revisiting how do we get better? How do we make those decisions better? And I'll let you kind of talk into how we as a leadership team need to follow the plan a little bit tighter. Yeah, we, um, well, first, I think for us, we just felt it was our responsibility to make sure, and again, this was way too long on this, uh, but to make sure that what we have in place gives every person who joins our team the best chance at success. And so a few of the things that we had to improve um, over the past, I would say, year, year and a half is getting things written. So expectations that are written and clear um, and documented. We you know, instituted like a technical, a more technical aspect of our hiring process. We have put together recorded trainings. So every time we're having these conversations or helping people, uh, we are building a whole library of how to do the things that we provide for our clients. Um, and then even more, we've gone to where we have just more personal touch points with leadership and team members to where they're not only getting, um, kind of a, a culture check-in and a how are you doing, but they're meeting one-on-one -on -one every other week um, with a leader who can support them technically if that's what they need. And so there are multiple now opportunities in place for people to be successful that would allow us I guess just to be at peace with when it's time to separate, when it's not working out and when someone isn't able to live out their full potential within DBA and they have somewhere else that they could go and really um, use their skills and their talent and their unique abilities to help different people within another organization. And that that's the, the hard piece to kind of come to a realization with as a leader, because I think you're, it, it's not really 
all on the team member. You have to own that part of the failure was yours as well. And part of that failure could be not having the right system in place, not having the right training resources in place or coaching available. And some of that's just okay to realize because the size of the organization that you're at. And I think that's just where, where we are, um, that we, we can't invest a year in somebody. We just don't have that much runway, um, for them to then just be, um, you know, a, a regular, um, team member doing an okay job. I, I think that's the piece where you have to be faster at identifying, um, who, who your people are and, and where you're going. And so part of that was all kicked off by looking at inefficiencies in our business, kind of the pod realignment and, um, who is best called to serve certain clients and work together. And uh, I step back and I look at what we've now created uh, as far as the team structure and who serves which clients and which industry verticals there are and how niche specialties are kind of have evolved. Um, and, and I look back and it's, it's so nice of a picture. It's so strong. And uh, every single one of those teams is set up for success and client success. It, yeah, you'll have to have some awkward conversations. Um, turnover happens within any organization, whether it's conversation on the employer side or the employee side finds another another opportunity and, and leaves. Uh, that's all realistic. We have been fortunate the past two years, uh, almost comfortable um, because we haven't had turnover. And so that was the piece that was hard because you get to, um, you get to know these people and you get to plug into their lives. And, you know, that's where it, it spills over more into a different relationship than just a work relationship. So we've got to, to get better. We're doubling down on that first 90 days. What are, what needs to be achieved in that first 90 days for success to look like long-term. Um, and I think that's really a call to action on everybody as well, because if you've got somebody on your team and this is what, you know, I realized on spring break and just, um, if you've got somebody on your team and they are frustrating you, um, mainly it's probably on you first because you haven't trained them enough, but that that's the hard call that you are, that you have to make as the leader, as the owner of the business is to maybe move on and, um, get them even to a better place where they can do great work. And, we saw that in a, in a couple of people. And, um, you know, I just personally, I'm invested in these people and friendships and things like that. And, um, I could easily say, you know, they, they weren't winning at work. And, um, that's, you know, that's the hard decisions is you want to see people win. And, and part, part of that is not being on, on this team. And so, um, that's, that's the hard decisions that, had to be made. Um, you know, we'll support those people, um, as best we can love them on the other side of this. Um, hopefully get some forgiveness on where we went wrong as well. Um, but yeah, it just comes down to, are they, are they being fulfilled? Are they able to, at the end of the day, say that they did great work. We're coming out of the season where we've had to make, you know, hard decisions to, to performance related and to, um, really not performance related, just, right fit, um, right seat. And the seat didn't exist. It's just, you know, change management happen. How do you identify it? How do you go through it? And I know that sounds real corporate and real nasty, but 
um, whether you're a business of five people or 25 people, it, it's going to have to happen. Yeah. And I think with that, uh, I think we landed on and uh, have walked through just going ahead. And if there's going to be multiple disruptions within a short time frame, just trying to lump those together as best as possible so that people can, the, the whole team can move forward, um, that your client service can be impacted as little as possible and not dragging it out to where team members start to get concerned with who's next. Am I next? Am I doing a good job or not doing a good job? And am I at risk of losing my job? You know, is there going to be an announcement every week that, you know, another person is, is leaving? You don't want to create a toxic environment or even just a fear-based environment. It's a fine line of giving very clear feedback um, so that you can help people be successful without living in a just, I'm scared I'm going to get fired. I'm doing this because I'm scared I'm going to get fired. Like, I don't feel like that's a great environment for anyone to live in day to day. And the great resources there, I mean, obviously learn from our failures um, of where we have gone wrong. But then also there are, there are people that have gone before us that that did this with a whole lot more grace and documented it. So I think there's a couple of books out there, The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and then there's Radical Candor um, that you can both learn from and how do you have hard conversations sooner with people. Um, you know, for us, it got to the point where I was almost wishing or praying that these, these people would come to me and say that they were leaving or they had found another job. Now on the other side of making um, the decision, making the decision is the hard part and then communicating that with the person. And then you can begin to heal. Um, you can begin to move forward. You can begin to identify new opportunity, new, opp new opportunities, whether it's for that person or for the organization. And as the leader, if you're leading anything like that, um, you have, you have to confirm that it's behind us. And this is how we're going to work to work forward as a team, which is the season that, um, we are in and, and moving beyond, um, you know, so I think there's, there's a lot to learn from, from our mistakes and will we be stronger on the other side of this? Definitely. Will the other people be stronger on the other side of this? We only hope so. And that's the piece where, um, knowing that something greater is out there and that you're holding them back is where I got to the last few weeks. Yeah. And some things, I guess, on the other side of these decisions, some things that are not changing, we are going to keep open positions out and continue to look at great talent. We are not closing the door and saying we're never hiring again, or we're not hiring for two years and not speaking to anyone who may be a really great fit and be able to add value to our team. So we're not turning that off and like taking the career section off of our website. Uh, the other thing we're not doing is we are not uh, halting accepting new clients. So we will continue to grow. What are some practical things that we have looked at in regards to growth and hiring that is giving us a little bit more confidence about how we'll move forward? Part of it is if you don't feel led to bring something in house, outsource it. 
And uh, part of that is, you know, that's our role in businesses as well. Um, just a little bit more protection there. That's a great first step as opposed to hiring a role that you have no idea how to hold that person accountable or how to write a training manual or do that job, outsource um, and look for the right companies that are already doing that. That premium is going to be well worth it to have a playbook and have a plan in place. And then once you've reached a maturity point to where it makes sense to, to hire somebody in-house, maybe that contract uh, arrangement can be more of support or um, you know something else down the road. And also, uh, we have really, really looked at our data and manipulated it and evaluated um, and looked at just our economics of what is happening as we add clients and when do we need to add people and what are people able to produce um, certain certain metrics that we have really looked at just the economics of DBA and when is the appropriate time to start doing certain things and then also how can we continue that uh, healthy growth over time and, you know, kind of what are the best ways to do that? And then along with that growth, where do we need people to come in to help support um, those clients, as well as then being able to give people a great place to work at the right time? Kind of sharing a little bit on those uh, revenue economics for our type of industry. Um, you know, the pod structure, the team of three was a real big step in that right direction. It was then the second step was realigning those teams to make sure that inefficiencies were kind of removed of too many people working together, that we had a growth plan in place. Because once we were able to set up those pods, we knew how much work or revenue carry a pod should have. So we know how much those team members should be able to carry on a monthly basis, how many clients they should be able to serve. Apparently, um, it's just an easy you know calculation. Now stuff comes up, right? And the reason why we all know that stuff comes up, the way that you plan around that is you build in capacity. So you're never gonna take a pod to 100% capacity. You're always gonna keep it at 80 to 85%. That allows for just the different stuff that happens and that you know client requests and, thing like, and things like that. And then once you exceed that 85%, that's when you go out and you have your hiring roadmap. The hiring roadmap should also match your growth plan or your sales initiative, which are your your pipeline of sales and that pipeline of sales should be predictable. And so it's all of that, um, that we've built over the last few quarters, you know, I would say we're going on a year or two now. Um, and, and that's the piece that we kind of have to get in, in place and get more mature. And that's going to provide opportunities, um, for people, um, to, to join our team and kind of do it at a pace that we're all comfortable with. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, being an owner is really hard and I'm glad that we, the two of us don't walk this journey alone. If you have to make decisions like this in your business, we definitely feel for you. Um, it, it's a, it's something that we allow to happen as owners. Um, we allow people to stay too long that aren't a fit because we are afraid of conflict. And so I think that's the piece that you have to realize. So if there's anything on your side that you take away from this, it's, it's maybe um, encouragement to make the right decision and to move forward with 
the necessary one for both parties. And um, yeah, the we've been very fortunate, as we always say, to be surrounded with uh, a loving and supporting you know network of people. We couldn't do it without them either. Like you mentioned, um, it's DVA is continue is continuing to grow. We're not closing the doors. Um, it's something. These decisions are something that we should have these um, you know made. Uh, earlier. And, um, you know, I, I use the term experiments. These are beyond experiments because they're people and that makes it a little bit harder. So um, to not grow in my mind is death. Um, so we'll continue growing and it'll be fun and it'll be a ride and we'll take everything that we've uh, learned um, from the season and be that much stronger on the other side of it. Yeah. And anytime that there are hard decisions to be made, talking them out with another trusted person is probably best and may put you into action quicker than mulling over it alone. Um, sometimes just saying things out loud, you get a different perspective and then hearing somebody else, you know, encourage or confirm, uh, or maybe advise you against it. Um, whatever it may be, just having a person to speak into that will, help the situation in the long run. Yeah. And the, the last comment I'll make, so um, just know that there's there's not a chance that everybody on your team could could need to go. Um, that's, that's probably more of a mirror uh, conversation. <laughs> that's good. I don't know if it was positive, but that's good. Well, thank you for this conversation and I'll see you on the next. All right. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.